How to Walk the Fiscal Tightrope That Lies Before Us February the 16th, 2010 Neil Ferguson is not given to understatement, so I was not surprised by his claim last week that the US will face a Greek crisis. I promptly dismissed this as hysteria. Like many other high-income countries, the US is indeed walking a fiscal tightrope, but the dangers are excessive looseness in the long run and excessive tightness in the short run. It is a dilemma of which Professor Ferguson seems unaware. Professor Ferguson stated that according to the White House projections, gross federal debt will exceed 100% of gross domestic product 2012, that the US is forecast never to run a balanced budget again, that monetary policy, not deficit, saved the economy, that higher interest rates are on the way, and not least, that high fiscal debt is damaging. Brad DeLong of the University of California, Berkeley, responded that parts of this argument are either wrong or misleading. White House projections are for federal debt held by the public to be 71% of GDP in 2012 and not to exceed 77% by 2020. Monetary policy would not have delivered even the limited recovery we have had on its own, and higher interest rates may indeed be on the way, but there is nothing in current yield curves to suggest it. Moreover, there is no reason to balance budgets in a country whose nominal GDP grows at up to 5% a year in normal times. Professor Ferguson is trying to frighten U.S. policymakers out of sustaining or better still increasing fiscal stimulus, even though the true issue is longer-term sustainability. He accuses opponents of believing in a Keynesian free lunch. Not so. Their argument is rather that the benefits of the higher output today exceed the costs of the additional debt service tomorrow. Professor Ferguson believes instead in a conservative free lunch, this is the view that fiscal tightening today would have little effect on activity. Normally, when monetary policy has room for manoeuvre and the private sector's borrowing is unconstrained, that is right. But as Olivier Blanchard, chief economist of the International Monetary Fund and colleagues, noted in a recent report, I quote, To the extent that monetary policy, including credit and quantitative easing, had largely reached its limits, policymakers had little choice but to rely on fiscal policy. End of quote. The high-income countries that have experienced the biggest jumps in deficits and debts have inevitably been Ireland, Spain, the UK and US, as Stephen Cicchetti and colleagues at the Bank for International Settlements pointed out in The Future of Public Debt, a paper presented last week at a conference celebrating the 75th birthday of the Reserve Bank of India. These are the countries that had the biggest credit booms and asset bubbles. It is there, as a result, that private sector spending has been most constrained by the pressure to deleverage. Jumps in fiscal deficits are simply the mirror image of retrenchment by battered private sectors. In the US, the financial balance of the private sector, the gap between its income and expenditure, shifted from minus 2.1% of GDP in the fourth quarter of 2007 to plus 6.7% in the third quarter of 2009, a swing of 8.8% of GDP. Moreover, this massive swing occurred despite the Federal Reserve's efforts to sustain lending and spending. Similar shifts occurred in other crisis-hit countries. If these governments had decided to balance their budgets, as many conservatives demand, 
two possible outcomes can be envisaged. The plausible one is that we would now be in the Great Depression Redux. The fanciful one is that despite huge increases in taxation or vast cuts in spending, the private sector would have borrowed and spent as if no crisis at all had happened. In other words, a massive fiscal tightening would actually expand the economy. This is to believe in magic. The huge increases in fiscal deficits were appropriate to the dire circumstances. The only way to have avoided them would have been to prevent prior expansions of private credit and debt. But Professor Ferguson is right. Everybody knows that such deficits cannot continue indefinitely. As Carmen Reinhardt and Kenneth Rogoff point out in a recent paper, once ratios of public debt to GDP exceed 90%, median growth rates tend to fall by 1% a year. That would indeed be costly. Moreover, there is a risk that at some point confidence will be lost and interest rates would soar with dire impact on debt dynamics. The difficulty, however, is that as the McKinsey Global Institute has also noted in a recent report, I quote, historic deleveraging episodes have been painful, on average lasting six to seven years and reducing the ratio of debt to GDP by 25%, end of quote. The only ways to speed this up will be via mass bankruptcy or inflation. If these are ruled out, what might support demand while the deleveraging continued? If fiscal policy is also ruled out, the only option will be foreign demand. But who is likely to offset contracting demand in the US and other hard-hit economies? Nobody, alas, is the answer. Yet, as the BIS paper also rightly noted, long-run fiscal prospects, largely driven by ageing, are dire. Projecting forward from the admittedly dreadful starting points, the BIS authors argue that ratios of public debt to GDP could reach 250% in Italy by 2050, 300% in Germany, 400% in France, 450% in the US, 500% in the UK, and 600% in Japan. If the sovereign debts of the high-income countries are not to be reduced to junk, these countries do indeed need strong and credible plans for retrenchment. On this, there is no disagreement. The Brest approach will be sharp reductions in long-term growth of entitlement spending. Furthermore, as economies recover, short-term fiscal action will also be needed. Such actions will have to include spending cuts and increases in tax to restore the revenue lost forever in the crisis. But now we come to the big dilemma. What if private deleveraging and fiscal deficits continue in the US and elsewhere for years, as they have in Japan? Then AAA-rated countries, including even the US, might lose all fiscal headroom. This has not yet happened to Japan, and it might well not happen to the US, but it could. So, yes, high-income countries face huge fiscal challenges. And, yes, the crisis-hit countries start from grossly unsustainable fiscal positions. But the U.S. is not Greece. Moreover, a massive fiscal tightening today will be a grave error. There is a huge risk, in my view a certainty, that this would tip much of the world back into recession. The private sector must heal. That, not fiscal retrenchment, is the priority.